podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Quiet day today, folks. It's Tuesday, it's the calm before the storm. Tomorrow night, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool at Anfield in the Champions League is the one to look forward to. But we do have some injury updates. Naby Keita likely to be out for a while, is what Jurgen Klopp has said. Jurgen doesn't really give much away when it comes to injuries, so we'll wait and see how long a while is. He did say that both Fabinho and Thiago Alcantara are in contention to play in this game. Now, looking a little bit ahead, we have West Ham at the weekend in what is a very important game. A game that we really do need to win. This game, we don't need to win. We could afford a draw. We could afford a defeat here. Beat Porto at home. And we will qualify from this Champions League group and move on to the knockout stages. So there is a school of thought that maybe for this game, the move would be to leave Thiago and Fabinho out, keep them for the fresh for the weekend, or maybe give them 20, 30 minutes in this game, but keep them fresh for the weekend where West Ham will put forward one of the better midfield groups in the Premier League, Rice and Suchek with Bowen, Fornals and Ben Rama. It's a five-man midfield out of possession that very, very quickly can become a four-man attack with the three joining Antonio when they transition into their attacking phases. So we will need to be at our best in that game. The Hammers have been excellent. Atletico Madrid are a very, very good team. Since we played them, they drew at Real Sociedad, who are having a great season. They drew at Levante, a very disappointing result for them. And then they beat Real Betis at the weekend and played brilliantly in that game. Probably should have won 5 or 6-0. Ended up with a 3-0 victory. We know they're a good team. We've played them three times now over the last couple of years. They beat us home and away in the knockout stages of the Champions League a couple of years ago. We obviously beat them in Madrid a few weeks back. But that game could easily have ended in a draw, could easily have ended in an Atletico victory. They had great chances in that game and just didn't take them. Alison Becker made a couple of great 1v1 saves. So we do have to respect how good they are. But like I say, we don't necessarily need to win the game. A win at home to Porto will be enough. We already have nine points. Nobody else in the group has more than four. If we were to lose this game and then beat Porto, we're pretty much assured of top spot, let alone getting through the group. So that would be fine. We will go to Milan and you'd expect a result there. They've been dreadful so far in the Champions League. So you would expect that we will get through regardless of this result. And I think Klopp might take that into account. I think he might play one of Thiago and Fabinho. I don't think he'll start both of them. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does in defence. I'd expect Joel Matip to come back in, even though he didn't play well in Madrid. I think he will come back in. I think that's probably why Kanate has played the league games, to give Matip a bit of a rest and, and try and keep him fresh. With regards to the left-back position, Andy Robertson is not playing well at the moment, but it seems unlikely that he'll bring in Costa Simicus for this one. 
he'll have a question to answer up front. Which of the three does he start? Does he bring Jota back in or does he roll again with, with Salah, Firmino and Mane? They're good choices to have to make. The only area of concern for us is obviously the midfield, which has underperformed for the most part this season. But with these two boys coming back to fitness, that's obviously a huge blow, or a huge, a huge boost rather. Um, to jump around the main Liverpool sites then, on This Is Anfield, there's obviously some pre-match stuff. There's a nice little piece about Conte and what him and Klopp have said about each other in the past. A um, lot of respect between Jurgen Klopp and Antonio Conte, who both rightly regard each other as you know two of the best managers in the world. I do think we should just pause here and take a moment to appreciate the fact that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, under pressure at Manchester United, with rumours of Conte coming to United rampant, with Italian journalists telling us that He's going to take over in the international break. Oli has three matches and then he's gone. In the first of those three matches, Oli beats Spurs and Spurs react by sacking their manager and hiring Conte, thus securing Oli's immediate future at United and condemning United fans to probably a couple more months of watching this turgid dross he puts forward. I think that's great fun. I really do. Um... This is Anfield have a news wrap-up. Luis Suarez has, in a press conference, talked about his time at Liverpool, his efforts to leave, and what happened, which which ultimately made him stay. Um, Didn't know about him trying to leave in 2012. Knew that he tried to go to Arsenal in 2013 because he wanted to play Champions League football, which was understandable. Uh, Sporting Lisbon have allegedly put an €80 million price tag on Pedro Cancalves. He signed a new contract which has raised his buyout clause from €60 million to €80 million. I don't think they'll get it. He had a a phenomenal season last year, but this season he's been plagued by injuries and he hasn't played particularly well when he has been in the team. A good start to the season, but since then it just hasn't been near the level of last season. Craig Hignett, former Hartlepool manager, who's from Merseyside, said in an interview on BBC Radio that he has it on good authority that Liverpool will move for Jude Bellingham and that Jude Bellingham will join Liverpool. Bellingham has responded by quote-tweeting that on on Twitter with a a gif of himself laughing. Uh, He since deleted the tweet, but... Make of that what you will. We all know that Jude Bellingham would be a, a phenomenal addition to Liverpool Football Club. Uh, reports are that Loris Karius will be allowed to leave Liverpool on a free transfer in January, as he has no future at the club, and obviously the summer move away fell through. I could see there being clubs to that would want him on a free, and I think obviously it is time for him to move on and you know, have a career somewhere else because he won't have one at Liverpool. It's a shame for him. I would say he's, of the three backup goalkeepers, Kelleher, him and Adrian, I would say he's better than Adrian. I think he's better than Kelleher as well, but confidence is a major factor. The guy's rock bottom and has been for a couple of years. You could see it 
when he was at Besiktas, he would have runs of good form, make a big mistake, and then that would trigger a couple of mistakes. Didn't seem to have a great relationship with the manager there for whatever reason. Whether or not there was an agreement between Liverpool and Besiktas that if he played X amount of games, they would have to buy him or not, I don't know. So maybe there was pressure from above that they didn't have the money because they are in, or they have been in some sort of financial strife over the last few years. On Liverpool.com, the first piece that catches the eye, Jurgen Klopp 50 million project provides su- surprise midfield option amid Liverpool injury crisis. Uh, this is a suggestion that Elijah Dixon Bonner could rekindle his Liverpool career, or reignite, I suppose, his Liverpool career and force his way into contention. And while he does look a talented player, there's a reason Liverpool were trying to give him away in the summer and failed to give him away in the summer. There's talent in in the boy. He, he, He is going to have a career, there's no doubt. But it does seem most likely that that career will come in the lower leagues, for the most part. Maybe he develops and brings himself up to a Premier League level in a couple of years. But right now, Liverpool are a Premier League title contender. Can't really afford to have players developing on the job. Different when it's a generational-type talent like Harvey Elliott. But Curtis Jones is around the same age as Dixon Bonner, and we've seen the struggles he's had this season. And he was always more highly regarded when they were in the academy together. Um, I'd like to see Dixon Bonner get some minutes just so we can he can say that he's played you know multiple games for Liverpool and nobody can ever take that away from him. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. People are probably looking for the next Nat Phillips, but the truth is, if Liverpool had received an offer for Nat Phillips in the summer, they would have sold him because they know he's not of the required level. There is a piece here which is entitled. Atletico, Liverpool and Atletico Madrid battles show why Diego Simeone could never manage at Anfield. And I just think it's nonsensical, to be totally honest. It says it would be a radical departure from the Klopp era. In fact, if we were to put both and Klopp on a spectrum, hiring Simeone would be going from one end to the other. There's no middle ground between the ideologies of these two. Well, that's just not true at all. It would take Simeone a lot longer to embed his ideas and ethos into the current Liverpool setup or whoever is still playing for the club come 2024. Signing Simeone could take the club into choppy waters for a period of time, as they'd likely struggle to meet his demands in the beginning. There will be a lot of rewiring, but none of this is true. This is just factually incorrect. Diego Simeone's system is built on pressing. Yes, they're a defensive well, they, they have been a defensive team. But if you've watched him in the last 18 months, he has moved away from that. He won a title last season playing football that wasn't as defensive as he had in previous years. But the principles of his game are very similar to the principles of Jurgen Klopp's game. He just applies them in different ways. But the press is absolutely key to what he does. It, like Klopp, has always been his primary playmaker. He plays a deeper block than Klopp, but he's adapted and he's playing a higher line of of late. But if you don't think our defenders could play in a deep block, you're absolutely fooling yourself. 
Liverpool's team is close to tailor-made for Diego Simeone. If you look at his greatest ever team, is Juan Fran, hard-working, end-line-to-end-line fullback. Well, we have Andy Robertson on the other side who does a similar job. Felipe Luiz was his left-back. A lot of their attack went through him. Well, we have Trent. Diego Godin was the best centre-back in the world for a couple of years. We have Virgil. Jose Jimenez, aggressive front-footed defender. Ibrahima Kanate. Great goalkeeper, Jan Oblak. We have Alisson. Great holding midfielder, like they had in Rodri for a time. Well, we have Fabinho. Koke as a dictator and a controller in midfield. Liverpool have Thiago Alcantara. What they don't have is a, is a Saul. We did have Ginny Wijnaldum, though, who played a, a very similar role for us than Saul did for, as Saul did for Simeone. One winger is what he's tended to go with, Sadio. A pacey left-footed forward, his was Griezmann, we have Mo. And a hard-working, unselfish, team-orientated number nine. He had Diego Costa, we have Bobby. Simeone could walk in tomorrow, and in a week he'd have Liverpool playing his way. Because we already have the players to do it. It's a massive underestimate of how good our players are. We would need one player in midfield. One. We need a player in midfield anyway. We need that type of midfielder, that Ginny Wijnaldum type. But just because he lined it up as a 4-4-2, it wasn't really. It was a 4-3, one winger and two up front. It's very similar to how Liverpool play anyway. If you watch Liverpool at the end of last season, the shape, especially with that deeper line, because Phillips and and uh, Williams were there, was very similar to how Atletico played with Thiago tucked in off the right, uh, Ginny playing very centrally with Fabinho, almost as a double pivot. Sadio wide on the left, Mo playing narrow on the right. What Liverpool did last year was very similar to how Atletico play. The full-backs are inverted and more attack-minded than his, but his full-backs were more attacking than people give them credit for. And you see Virgil excel in a high line. Imagine what a stroll he would find a slightly deeper line. It would be very, very easy for him. This is a nonsensical piece of writing. It's very disappointing to see. Um, another piece here Liverpool faced £38 million transfer race with Chelsea and Real Madrid as Naby Keita injury update given so obviously Naby's out for a while the player who allegedly is a target for the club is Arlene Chimeni who is at Chimeni who is at Monaco uh, defensive minded midfielder who you know could play that Ginny Wijnaldum role that Saul role so yeah he'd, he'd be an excellent addition 21 years of age, already a French international, great passer of the ball, very, very strong in the tackle, reads the game brilliantly. Just an excellent all-round midfielder who would be a very good addition if we decided to make that move and can also then fill in for Fabinho if he's out. So that's something else that we do lack is somebody with 
Fabinho-esque quality in that number six position when he's not there. Henderson is fine if we're going to have all of the ball and the other team's not going to attack too much through the middle. But if they are, then it's problematic for us. Jurgen Klopp chooses Liverpool transfer priority and 31.5 million man is ideal Sadio Mane air. So this piece is about Harvey Barnes, a player we have been linked with a number of times in the past. I think it is fanciful thinking that he could be available for £31.5 million. Uh, I would say you would probably have to add at least another £15 million to that price. But I do like Harvey Barnes, and I would be in favour of his addition. Uh, moving on then, AnfieldIndex.com, two pieces up. Uh, first one entitled, Liverpool have, looked great, have largely looked great, but they haven't looked like champions yet. This piece is really well written by David Comerford and well worth your while giving a read to on the Anfield Index website. And a second piece called A Jekyll and Hyde Midfield, this one by Stephen Smith, also very, very good and very, very well worth your while giving that one a read. Uh, The latest under pressure entitled Complacent Reds is out, so you can give that a listen on Anfield Index. Uh, Anfield Index Pro, rather. The latest scouted is out, myself and Carl looking ahead to the Atletico Madrid game. I will say we did largely spend that podcast discussing Conte, potential of Unai Emery to Newcastle and other managers in the league that could potentially be under some pressure like Dean Smith. Um, But then we did have a chat about Atleti, so that's there as well. Um, Rate Don't Hate has been recorded today, so that will be uh, that will be out this evening, so you can give that one a listen on Pro as well. And if you haven't heard it, Anfield Index 30, episode 302, uh, photo opportunities. Trev, Cam, Lisa Marie and Guy Drinkle having an old chat about the Reds. So that's that, folks. That is us for today. I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.